with spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, Hunger Games Spoiler App. Spoiler app number 39. Mockingjay part two. Part two. It's a lot of numbers in this title. It's a lot of business. It's a lot of business. Of course, this is a spoiler app, so we will be going into uh, key details, key elements, including the ending of this movie. Although, Laura let a few things fly during the regular (laughs) episode. it was too hard to edit around. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, she was all over the place. We would Um, have had to take 30 minutes out of the the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Okay. To the end, she saves the world, beats the the capital, and then goes with Peta, and they have a couple of babies. Yes. The joke that I made, I saw this movie at the Chinese theater, the big big fancy IMAX, which mm-hmm. was fun, uh, on opening night, the twentieth of November, and uh, when she's like. The war's over, and she's back in her hometown, and Pete is sleeping down the hall. He's finally starting to come out of his, uh, you know, coma of whatever. Deprogramming, deprogramming or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. his, his pro-capital deprogramming. Uh, he walks down the hallway, and I said, oh, it looks like someone's going to go. Or she walks down the hallway, and I go, looks like someone's going to go get a pita sandwich. <laughs> Which... <laughs> made my girlfriend laugh so hard she was hitting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... She has the baby. She has a baby, and they're playing mm-hmm. in the field. And the baby looked Asian. Didn't the baby look Asian to you when she's holding the baby in the field? I was like, "That's an Asian baby." No, I, d- I didn't notice that. Uh, it must might have been the IMAX screen. Maybe <laughs> made the baby look Asian. <laughs> Makes sense. IMAX Asian technology. Yeah, it's anything high tech. All right, it's going to make everyone look Asian. Yeah. All right. You I know, guess that's what happened. That's that's really that's what that's like Trumbo. You know. <laughs> I think that ending was, I mean, why she's with PETA, I don't know. I, I honestly, and this is coming from someone who read the books, it wasn't a surprise. I knew, like I said, it followed the books very closely. I didn't care who she was going to end up right. with because I felt it was really um, not essential to the story. Because, and I always said this with the the difference between the Hunger Games and the Twilight nonsense is that Twilight you have this ridiculous love triangle and then you build a ridiculous fantasy around it. The difference with the Hunger Games is you actually have a really solid science fiction foundation and you dump a dopey love triangle on top of it. So you could actually separate the dopey love triangle and have, I think, a really solid science fiction story. Um, So I really thought... And it was funny because I remember reading the books going, oh, is there another scene about this? You know, she can't decide. And then every time it came up in the movie, like, oh, she can't decide and what's who she's going to end up with. I was like, oh, you just you just felt the movie come to a grinding halt. Yeah. I mean, Laura made fun. It was very hilarious how she was like, yeah. well, that's that's this is a girl movie. Yeah. So you she, don't understand. It's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um I, I say this, like, if, if the tables would have been turned, like it was a guy trying to decide between two women, I would have been like, shut up and save the world. I don't care. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, just get after it. So, I mean, I did like, so we've talked about that in the regular episode. So let's talk about the, um, the 
I, I really liked how they showed that she had become a, she was just a propaganda machine showing them shooting fit, like the propaganda team with their cameras show up and they're like, no, you're not at the front line. You're back here and we're going to stage right. these fights and all that stuff. To make sure, you know, you're going to be in some danger, but you know, you're an asset that we need. We can't put you in too much danger. Yeah. And I think, so that was interesting. And then the Julianne Moore plot point of, oh, she actually knows they're going to win and wants to have power when it's over. So she's okay if Katniss gets killed. I was like, that was really cool and intriguing to me. Very interesting. And it's also played up to in the, in the book where um, what I loved about it too is Katniss never feels safe ever. She's with the resistance. They're going after the capital and they realize, oh, well, no, now the team I'm on, I have to worry about too. Which is good because after uh, Mocking Jay Part One, it's like, oh, okay. They're gonna, you know, you know she's gonna bring the capital down. You know she's gonna defeat Sutherland. So what is what what is intriguing about the second part? Well, that part that's really yes. intriguing. And then and then the politics after, you know, and how Julianne Moore is just like, well, just for right now, we won't have elections. And just right. like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, we're gonna have one more Hunger Games. Yeah, the Ali uh, who plays Boggs, who I he's a really solid actor. He's in uh, House of Cards. And it was cool that he was like, I'm here to protect you. And then gives her that tip of information of how Julianne Moore wouldn't want, you know, Katniss around for an election. Um, The end arrow scene, I was like, the minute they showed, I was like, oh, she's going to shoot Julianne Moore in the chest. Oh, so you saw it coming. It was a thousand miles away because Mm -hmm. I know how arrows work. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, all she has to do is just raise it up like an inch or two, and it's right. going to go. They lined them up. The first shot, I went, oh, she's going to shoot Julianne. It's obvious. It was more surprising in the book because you didn't see them lined up perfectly like that. Right, <laughs> right. You really didn't expect it. And it was also a little more chilling. Like, uh, uh, they made it a point of where Snow just kind of laughs after Julianne Moore, like that, the character, um, dies from the arrow. And they also make it a point that. And this was interesting in the story, and they, they followed it in the movie. You don't know what happened to President Snow. Like, you ne- you never see exactly someone kill him. And in the book, it was always vague. Obviously, he was killed by everyone. But the, the point was that it didn't matter what happened to him. One dictator is replaced by another dictator. That's the point that that whole sequence was trying to make. And I thought it made it very effectively. And it was really interesting, I thought, that... Uh, um, what is now President Snow is the one person that's not lying to her. Right. You know, her greatest, deadliest enemy. And it, it that, that's what I was saying on the regular episode. I found that to be the most interesting. It's always interesting when, um, you know, with Batman and the Joker, like the, right. the villain and the hero actually have these um, exchanges where insight is actually gained. Yeah, with well, the villain, um, a truly good villain knows the protagonist very well. Right. And reveals, you know, and and says to them about, oh, you know, what's, there's, always, there's always that, like, cut the crap. You're just like me. Right. You know, and it's always sort of cliche. I'm not like you. But, you know, it's, it's, it's those scenes when they get into the Capitol. Um, well, first, when you start to see slowly 
the president's inner circle start to you first we get to see it more that we haven't seen it as much because he's always sort of just been on the TV a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which was which was which was interesting. That's sort of the purpose of him is just sort of being this figure that lords over you visually mm-hmm. as well as um every uh, other and movie. I love the mandatory viewing. Like if the screen comes on, you have to watch mandatory it. Mandatory viewing, no matter where they were, you know, right. in these dilapidated buildings and 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 everything. The screen like, still worked. Screen still worked to get his message across. And then we started to see what was behind it and it started to crumble. Mm-hmm. Um and his whole evil strategy, I'm going to get everybody coming to the gates and I'm going to kill these people because I don't give a shit about them. Like, that's the tr- that's the thing that is so funny. I, and Laura was talking in the, in the regular episode too with regards to, to Trumbo and this, but like... Now, did you expect the reveal, well, to back up that point a little bit, did you expect the reveal that was actually the rebels that killed all those people? Oh, right, that the mm-hmm. the... But he sort of staged it, is how I, is how I saw it. Mm-mm. No, no, he, um, he, re- he was getting them there. I, I think it's a little vague too, like in, in the movie where maybe he was going to use them for a human shield, but he didn't bomb them. Um, the rebels actually bombed them. Oh, and um, and he said it because he said it was. I didn't think she had it in her. That was a brilliant piece of strategy because I had no reason to bomb my own people and children right in front of my house. Um, but the fact that they were bombed and killed, made the rest of my supporters abandon me. Right. So, but it was a brutal thing and it killed Katniss's sister. And it was, what I didn't like was how it was, again, they filmmakers sometimes feel like they have to foreshadow and like set this up so um, spoon spoon feedily. Because there was that beginning part when they were talking about bombs and said, well, you know, you know, you could drop bombs then, but then as people rush in to help, then you drop the second bomb to maximize the casualties. And that's exactly what happened right. later. And it was the rebels talking about that type of bomb, and then there was the rebels that set it off. In fact, at the end when um what is named Curtis at the end, the which you know, Gail. Right. <laughs> I'm Get just gonna Cur- make up different Curtis. names for Ronnie. him. Um it was like uh because he was more into the the armaments and the fighting and all that stuff obviously more than peter was but uh um because when katniss asked was that was that your bomb and he he gives a very honest response i feel like i i don't know like it really could have been but it's clear it was because you see how ruthless julianne moore's character was that she wasn't above it so it was an interesting twist and it was one of those um, things I did not see coming, I will, will say, from the from the book. And it was also a great way to show that, yeah, you're on the side of the angels, the rebels. And like, no, they're just as brutal and ruthless as the people that you're fighting. Yeah, which was um, why the arrow scene uh, through Julianne Moore's heart was like, oh, this is how – I mean, obviously – Having never read the books, but I know Katniss is going to save the day. Like she's yes. going to, she's going to make mm-hmm. all right with the world. And the way she does that is by going. You want to replace one dictator with another? Nope. Yeah. Uh, and then the. Uh, I tell you, how weird was it to see Philip Seymour Hoffman? That was weird because you know, you know, he passed away a while ago. But you know, they had shot these movies back to back, and um, you know, when a, when an actor dies, their movies slowly trickle out. And this one, I you know, I had forgotten that he was he was still in this movie. Yeah, when he first came on screen, I was like, oh man. Yeah, I feel you know you, you just get that that pang of like oh, what a waste. But but it was um, 
having her like, oh, I'm going to kill Coin, and then everyone just sort of basically rips President Snow to shreds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I love the well, I love the scene before that where they're sitting around the table once the Capitol has fallen with with Julianne Moore, and they're voting on what to do. And she looks at Woody Harrelson and how they sort of worked, like he gets her and and they're free. And then I love the little thing they showed the TV of that one woman um, who was like the, the rebel general. She became president. Uh, I thought that was cool because it was an election and that woman seemed to actually have some honor and some ethics right. to her, you know, versus everyone else is just sort of corrupt going for power, which is a great, it's mm-hmm. a great thing. Like, and honestly... It's happened throughout history. The rebel army is tired of being oppressed, and then they get finally get some power. No, okay, they're going to be corrupt, and you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So th- that I really found, uh, I really found interesting, and I thought it did wrap up the franchise well. Yes, it, it, it's a solid science fiction story and setting and characters. It really is. It's just you know, just the the dopey love triangle. It just it's so. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I don't think, did it have to be a triangle? Couldn't it have been like, you know, two lovers who couldn't be together? I would have believed that more right. than a girl who can't decide in the middle of well, trying well, that, to that'd be, save her life. That'd <laughs> be more intriguing, I think, is that she's just loves one of these guys and then is pulled apart to fight the Hunger Games. And every time you think they're going to get together, right. they can't. And then there's this war and they're fine. Then they're fighting a war together. And like, how do they have this, you know, how could you have a relationship when you're both. In some uh, uh, fucking rebellion. people are trying to kill you all the yeah, time, <laughs> yeah, all the time, and you blow everything up. So, and uh, I, I, the science fiction elements too were really interesting as far as like um, those pods. Like they would make they would make like the invasion almost like a game. Like you never saw a giant invasion. You never saw like scores of troops invading a city being fought back by an army. You never saw that, which was interesting. Like you only saw, well, first of all, it's too expensive, A. Right. <laughs> Second of all, they wanted to show it more like a deadly game. Like you have all these pods and traps and as the soldiers advanced, they had to deal with all these things and, and they also, were televised. And I thought it also seemed to me like they maybe just didn't have the numbers. Like they're the one percenters. Right. So they don't have droves and droves of people to fight the 99%. They have robots to go out and kill everybody. Um, and they have, you know, a police force, but how many? How many they, do they yeah. really have? And and that's the thing. If you know you're outnumbered, you ha- you can't let somebody know that. Right. Um, but, like, oh God, when they're in the Capitol, those crazy demon things that chase them, that was unbelievable. That was, that was terrifying. terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, the mutts. They're the like, mutts. Uh-huh. Oh. And great... Um, great fight scenes and great. I mean, just that was, I, I was on the edge of my seat during that, which I really liked. Uh, and I also like Jenna Malone's character um, because she was sort of like, it was, it was a cool showing the, like the rebellion isn't, it's not all, you know, rainbows and waving the flag. Like she was just like over it and it's all bullshit. And it was, she's very cynical and, Oh, you're the mocking gang, you know, like you're the, <laughs> you're the big hero. And I, you know, and, and which I found, I found really, uh, I found really interesting. Um, and, and what they're trying to say of, of, you know, it's, if you, it's like, if you look at our society right now, what, and, and how, people can be swayed and controlled pretty easily and you get people to turn against themselves, you know, like 
trample each other on Black Friday or whatever in some Walmart. I mean, it's like it and and prey on people's fears and don't rise up because we'll crush you and don't fight the system and uh, and then people seeing, oh, you're gonna fight the system. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that for my advantage and exploit the quote unquote rebellion just for my own personal gain. It's it's pretty. I could see on the surface be like, oh, these are just silly little kid sci-fi movies, and they're they're pretty, they're pretty. There's some depth. To yeah, them. there is some depth. Yeah, to as far as like, but you know, it's still a popcorn movie. It's, but, it is a popcorn movie, yeah. no doubt. It's a popcorn movie, but it's a it, it, it's definitely a solid popcorn movie. Well, the other thing too that it was good, and, and it was something that that Laura touched on in the regular episode of Jennifer Lawrence's career. Um has taken off during the span of these the this franchise. Of these and she, Jennifer it's it's like Jennifer Lawrence needs to put this character to bed. Yeah. Because and she has. She has for sure. for sure. And that's why she's coming, you know, this movie Joy is coming out and all this stuff like that. But that I thought it was I was glad. I was like, okay. She's no I have to fight. She's settling down. She's going to become a mom. I wonder how many more X-Men movies she's going to be doing. I don't know. Well, she's in those with her boyfriend or maybe their husband, her husband now. Um but I, I, I think it's like, uh, this was cool. It was a cool franchise. It was great for Jennifer Lawrence. And now it's time to, to move on to something else. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's not something that's going to go on forever. It's, it's, it's kind of like Harry Potter, where it's like, you're done, you're done. However, Harry Potter figured out a way to do the prequel. <laughs> so we're, we're right. getting a prequel soon. Um I don't see how you could do anything more with this franchise, even tell a side story, a prequel. I don't, I, I don't know where you would go with this. So I think this is um, something that you should be thankful that you had and not try to make anything else here. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the other thing too is, is, or let George Miller reboot it <laughs> <laughs> with cars. No, I think you, I, <laughs> just. <laughs> The capital car race. Yeah. <laughs> Hunger Games, but everyone's in right. cars. Fight mutts. Yeah. Um, the mutts have bred with humans, right. and there's some sort and of... And cars. And cars. Yeah. There's a weird car mutt. Human-mutt-car hybrid. <laughs> People with wheels. I'm into that. Get yeah. a plug-in human-car-mutt yeah. hybrid. It gets better mileage. Um, well, the other thing I, w- I, want to, uh, I do want to talk about is... Part of, and I, and I know they were trying to stay, stay true to the book, but like the thing that always took me out of this a little bit was the ridiculousness of the costumes of like Stanley Tucci and Elizabeth Banks. Now, I know Elizabeth Banks has been, since the last one, was brought over to the rebellion. Um, and Stanley Tucci is always in these ridiculous outfits. Now, I know what they're trying to say. Like, look, they're just so wealthy um, while people are wearing, you know, gray outfits out in the district all the color is in the capital all the color is in the capital and that's where and that one of the problems is the legacy of the first film where it went so over the top like these colorful ridiculous cartoonish outfits to even tone them down a little bit was still too much right (laughs) but the point was that um like you're saying everything in these other districts is gray nobody has anything but in the capital is where all of the opulence and money and basically decadence is people right. have no idea what to do with their money or time and this is you know what entertains them yeah and and i thought the the director was francis lawrence who did uh he did i am legend and of course he did hunger games catching fire and he did the, this mocking jay one and two um and and then 
you know, he also did Constantine. Oh, dear Lord. Come on, Constantine. Um, so I, I, I'm glad that they, that, that was the thing. Like I, I was, I've never seen a franchise, at least for me personally, to where there was so many cool moments and then other moments that I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like it was, it was very much, and I think you're right. They were so beholden to that first one. But then every time something would sort of take me out of it a little bit, I would get brought back in again. Right. Uh, it did, for everything it did wrong, it did something it right. It did something right. It back. And, like, and, and, and in the last one, in the, in the Mockingjay Part 1, the relationship between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julianne Moore I thought was very intriguing because she was, um, which, which going back to this, making her be sort of the villain at the end of this was even more interesting to me because in, in Part 1, in Mockingjay Part 1, She's just the pragmatic soldier. Right. You know, he's the like marketing politician guy. And she's like, well, this is what's going down. This needs to happen. And I I see this, I'll use her if it's strategically beneficial, but if she gets in the way of an operation, forget it. Right. Um, and, and how he sort of was the, the puppet master a little bit, which was interesting and how he sort of had to, he's not a soldier. He's not a military guy he's more of a politician that needs to sort of navigate that. Uh, and then we saw, saw that navigation, um, in this a little more, you know, a little, well, a little less, like we saw actually the, how would you say the, the result of all of his sort of positioning in, in part one, we saw the result of that here in part two, which I thought was cool. So that Julianne Moore wanting to seize power, that's an interesting thing. Like, how would you play that as an actor? Would you go into it as this is my end game? I've been planning to do this all the time, or do you see an opportunity and get a little drunk with power? Yeah. What was the evolution? Yeah, because <clears throat> because it almost seems like did you start from a pure place, or did you always have this in the back right, of your head? Right. Were you like a really good soldier, like MacArthur, and then? just started to believe your own hype a little bit too much and start to think that, uh, you know, who was it? I think it was Truman that referred to him as his highness, referred to MacArthur as his highness, because he kind of started after World War II was like, oh, him and Patton and those guys were all considered heroes and Eisenhower. And he was like, well, I'm going to, I can do whatever the hell I want and I'm going to just disobey, and just do whatever. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that was the strategy behind um, either the writing of Julianne Moore and also, uh, her choices as an actress. Um, but what's going on? We got an ad. Read. We got an ad read, my friend. Oh, well, no. Um, this is another um, longtime sponsor and oh. also is going to go into next year as well. This is Casper Mattresses. And we're a big fan of Casper, and you're still sleeping on yours. Love it. Love this mattress. I was telling a friend. Uh, Walker Ewell, who does all the production for the podcast festival, is moving, and he's like, oh, I need a new mattress. And I was like, dude, I've been sleeping on this thing for months now. You get it in a box. Get it in a box. box. I love it. And I was literally telling him everything. I was like, you can use it for 100 days. If you don't like it, ship it back for free. It's made in America. It's made in America. It's it's memory foam. Um, Is he's going to want a king? Go king. King, 950. 
Nine fifty would only isn't there a coupon code? Oh, there's of course there's a coupon code. Comedy film nerds fifty dollars off. Yeah, coupon code comedy film nerds. Go to casper.com slash comedy film nerds and use promo code comedy film nerds and you get fifty dollars off. So you get a king mattress for now nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Delivered right to your door and what you you get what would you say a hundred days? Yeah, you get a hundred days to try it out. At the 90th day, if you're like, this mattress doesn't work. Send it back. Send it back. Yeah. They'll come grab it. Yeah. You're not hurting anyone. You know, anybody, man. Just, it's... Now, I, I have a question for you since you're sleeping on it. What, how long did it take you to figure out that you wanted to keep it? Like, what was your personal trial period? It took me about a week or so. About a week. They okay. said in the box that it takes up to about two weeks to sort of, if you're not used to sleeping on memory foam, which I, I've slept on a handful of memory foam mattresses. Some hotels have them, but not many. Right. Um... So, you know, it took me about a week or two, and then I started to go like, wow. And now after like a month, or then it started to really get broken in. Right. Now the mattress is great. Yeah, because the mattress also releases endorphins to, um, what? to, make, to make you love it after two weeks, right? <laughs> yes, sure, Chris. It has weird <laughs> freak technology. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It releases endorphins. 100, 100 day guarantee and releases yep. endorphins. Just use coupon code comedy film yeah. nerds. It's, um, it's made in the capital. It's science fictiony. It, it releases a non toxic gas. Yeah. That um, stimulates endorphins and pleasure centers in your brain. Right. And both so, sides are comfortable for different yeah. <laughs> reasons. And you can't choose which side of the mattress. One side's sort of ruggedly handsome, yeah. and the other mm-hmm. side is, you know, softer. Yeah. And you, maybe if you want to have a family with that side, you just don't know. You just don't know. No. You don't know what to do. So I think the bottom line here is there's literally no risk and it's fifty dollars off go to casper mattress no i'm sorry casper.com comedy film nerds and use your coupon code comedy film nerds you know it's an unconventional gift giving a mattress for christmas but why not there's no rules why not you do whatever you want i'm telling you if you're out there looking for if you need a mattress this is a great way to go and you don't got to deal with some you know just the, the post office ships it or whoever they use. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the creepy mattress store people. Yeah, coming in. Well, take the old one. Yeah. I don't want to know what you're, you're doing. You're killing me, Larry. Yeah, you don't, don't have to deal with guy. all that, that at all. Guy. I don't want that guy coming near me. I don't kind of weird, shifty people he hires. Um, all right, so let's... Uh, let's finish uh, Hunger Games talk. Finish our Hunger Games talk. Now, one of the things I did... Um, uh, I, I mean, I did like what they did with the second half. I'm still... I understand that you know, you needed a little bit more room for the movie to breathe as far as like breaking the second book up into right. two parts. Um, I will say, I think they did a pretty good job with the pacing. I thought like even breaking it up, it didn't really slow down too much right. until you know, the dopey love triangle scenes. Sure. Uh, but I, I thought the action, it moved. I felt like I wanted to see what was going on with these other characters. I liked her unit at the end. Right. When she was, you know, she was in the propaganda unit for basically the fall of the capital. Yeah. And I liked those characters. And some of those characters we had seen before. They had, and some of them were new. So it was interesting to see the mix and how she interacted with them. And also how um, they trusted her. They knew they were, she was lying to them. And then yet it didn't matter. But And I believed it. But like that could have been one of those scenes or plot points that were like, this is bullshit. They never would have listened to her. But I really felt like... Would they that, listen, I'm sorry, would they listen to... Because when they when she said she had a secret mission to kill President Snow, 
she was making that up. Oh yeah, yeah. And they yeah. Uh, and they they said, yeah, we all we all knew you were making it up, but you know, we basically it was validation. We believe in you, and we think this is what you should be doing. So we're going to pretty much give our lives to help you achieve right. this. And kind of knew that that the other woman that was the the commander of that unit, they kind of got they didn't quite dig her. Like that's yes. the, you know what I mean? Like they weren't, and she like, and that was when um, uh, the one guy, the um, uh, Ali dude, uh, Marsala Ali Boggs, his character Boggs was like, "Watch out, Julianne Moore's gunning for you. You can't trust anybody on this thing." It was cool to see then who was sort of trustworthy, yes, and who wasn't. Um, and then, you know, the other thing too, man, grisly deaths. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. when they're going through the Capitol and it had been, you know, basically booby trapped, uh, really grisly deaths and really edge of your seat. Not just the the mutts, but like when they had the walls. The traps. Tra- the traps, but then that wall, the and then that like- The black tar that came ink down. Or what, yeah, yeah, whatever, that was insane. And that guy got caught up in those weird wires. Yeah. And I love how there's got all these game makers and it's just like, yeah, these sadistic, rich game makers. Like what a interest, how interesting can we kill these people? Right. Um, and also the, um, the battle weary rebels, you know, who are like, you know, uh, uh, the depiction of the rebel as the sort of holy army, if you will, like they're doing this for this giant cause Versus they've been, you know, bullwhipped into submission to do it or whatever is is uh, was interesting and 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 how they did it and everyone in this army I guess is really young and good looking and in great yes. shape. It's you know it's a literally a model army. <laughs> um, so I you know I don't know what else anything else. Um, no, I just uh, I I think it's a it's a good franchise. I like the way it wrapped up. There was no what's going to happen next. You know, it's uh-uh. not like Katniss will return with the Avengers. No. Like, no, you're not seeing any of that. It's we're done. It's time She's to move the new on. James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good. I really felt like beginning, middle, and end. Now it's great. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was good. It was, it, I thought it was a good popcorn movie. I thought this is an interesting. Um, example where the franchise actually got better as the movies went on mm-hmm. like you know i thought every movie was better than the first one so you know i was happy with it i thought it was a nice job on a on a popcorn franchise and i thought it ended well all right thank you katniss um so that is uh, comedy film nerds hunger games mocking jay part two spoiler ep number 39 um Go to casper.com slash comedy film nerds. Use coupon code comedy film nerds. We will be in Australia doing episode 300, which will be the Star Wars Force Awakens. It is coming up. Um, So we will be recording that show at three in the morning on (laughs) uh, December 17th in uh, at Seamus O'Toole's Irish pub, um, uh, just outside of Melbourne. Um, and uh, we will post that episode probably around five, six in the morning Australia time, which will be, I don't know what that means, 11 in the afternoon on... Or 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. in the... Uh, or 11 at night? 11 at night on Wednesday. Sometime Wednesday. Wednesday, late afternoon or evening West Coast American time is when our Star Wars spoiler app will drop. Um, so 
come say hey if you're in uh, Melbourne. And then, of course, December 20th, we're doing the Star Wars holiday special commentary (laughs) (laughs) at the Hollywood Improv in the lab. That's an 830 show, Sunday, December 20th. Uh, Go to uh, improv.com or uh, it's also on grandmelwood.com. That one is not sold out. There's still tickets left for that. (laughs) We just started selling. It's cheap. It's like eight bucks for the tickets or something like that. And it's it's a good thing, too, because we want to talk Star Wars with you guys if you're local. Yeah. Here, if you can't make it to Australia. And And even if you could, you wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah. Sold out. So we're going to show the Star Wars holiday special, and we'll talk about Force Awakens there. Uh, it's also, it's eight bucks. There's no drink minimum in the lab. Oh, good. So uh, it's it's a cheap, cheap, fun night out. It's the Sunday before Christmas. So if you're in LA, come out. It'd be great to see you. Uh, all right, guys, that's our episode. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.